Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Joseph. Yellow. And Jay Hugh. This week to talk about Marvel's... God, we just talk about Marvel all the fucking time. Uh, Marvel's latest adventure, Thor Love and Thunder. We find Thor... Once again, not knowing who he is, because that's the only plot we have in Thor movies. Searching for a purpose as Gore the God Butcher comes slaughtering through the galaxy off screen. We see all the usuals. Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman's back, Tessa Thompson, Taka Watiti, Matt Damon for some reason. I, I, there's probably other people that I'm forgetting, but. Oh, and Taka Watiti. Hemsworth. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joseph, any other factoids or do we want to go and how we thought about this movie? I don't have factoids, but first off, I, you know, I, I don't know why, like four years in, we've decided to start ragging on ourselves for doing Marvel too much because I feel like we've been doing that the whole time. Bro, it's just so much content. Like, I mean, that, that is fair. There's yeah. more than there used to be there. Like, I think someone added up the hours of phase four and phase four is longer than the other three phases combined. Yeah. And still doesn't really have a direction. Yeah, I mean, I would argue that maybe, you know, there might be more of a direction than people give it credit for. But with right. Comic-Con this week, I think we will get the, the plan, the path, you know, at, a week from now. But yeah, listen, yeah. I'll go first. I fucking hated this movie. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was really stupid. There's no plot. The best parts are underutilized, which is mostly Christian Bale. Uh, there's a lot of jokes and maybe 20% of them landed for me. I fucking hate November rain. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's, this was not made for me. Like, listen, I think I also was really disappointed because I feel like I'm a pretty big Takawatiti fan. I have liked every single thing he's done. And this just is not up to par. Um, I have kind of soured on Ragnarok as time gone by. And this is like all the worst parts of Ragnarok and only the worst parts of Ragnarok. Um, yeah, this one's just not for me. This is like bottom five MCU for me. All righty. Well, I, I don't know uh, if, if it's a, an expectations thing or what, because I knew that the Internet and most people I knew had a negative reaction going into this movie, but. I thought it was fun. I had a good time with it. I don't, I kind of similar to, I think what you're implying there, Christian, I didn't see that much of a difference between this and, and Ragnarok. Uh, it's, it's got a very similar structure. It's got a little bit longer of a third act and definitely the third act is the weakest bit, but more of the jokes, more than 20% of the jokes landed for me. I think there are, you know, things we can pick on, but overall I thought it was fun. Uh, yeah. I, I also thought it was fun too. I really feel like this is one of those things that's, going to divide people into two camps and those are the camps of uh you know people who immediately got tired of the screaming goats and people who would never <laughs> get tired of the screaming <laughs> and i am definitely in the second category there. yeah uh, i do uh one of the things christian brought up that uh i do wonder who do you think got paid more for this movie do you think it was chris hemsworth or axel rose yeah, I mean, Axel had to make a shit ton because it's not just GNR songs. They name a fucking character. Axel. <laughs> I feel like that had to be part of the deal. It's like if you're going to use like six of my songs, there needs to be a character named Ask Axel and not a character named Slash. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, listen, you know, we can get into it more spoilers, what I didn't like. Definitely, Kurt, though, I love your definition there of the screaming goats bit because, yeah, it didn't come back around for me. Like, it was <laughs> funny and it wasn't funny. And then, you know, it normally that joke, should, if you keep it, it should come back around. It never came back around. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I think that's all from like that Taylor Swift screaming goat meme shit. It, that yeah, wasn't yeah. funny to me originally. So, like, that's, that's just not a joke for me. And it, God, they do it a lot. They sure do. Um, so I do want to get into spoilers. So spoilers from here on out. But you brought up a good point, Christian, about you know this is ho- however many movies it is at least at least three, probably four, where the main plot is Thor just doesn't know what his identity is, which I hadn't really like that hadn't registered with me that that was a recurring theme. But what other stories does Thor have in the comics? Do we know? I mean, I, I know a lot of Thor stories. Yeah. And no, him trying to find himself is not as common a theme as it is in these. I will say, though, where they were doing the Jane Foster story, it's kind of essential to that story, although they don't go the same route in this. Yeah, so that's one thing I, I mean, we're talking spoilers, so I I, I don't want to, like, skip to the ending, but... We can, we can I jump I, wherever we want. Well, no, I just, I, as a person who hasn't read it, I really like Christian Bale in this movie, it just from an outside perspective of what I know of that story. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm just curious how faithful that is to that character. Uh, I mean, he's not nearly as intense as the character in the comics. The character in the comics is pretty horrifying. And um, yeah, without getting too into the end, as I remember it, uh, how this story wraps up is way different than, which is fine because it's a different story all the way around. But yeah, I would say this is like, 60 percent of the comic care mm. mm. yeah and i don't know i don't care you know like that's yeah. not, that that upsets a lot of people when it's different but i just i i had felt that this story they used the characters and i guess like a generic framework it just from what i know of that story to be this movie is totally different than that yeah oh definitely Having said that, I thought Christian Bale was really good in this and just massively underutilized. Right. I mean, uh, th- this is when I say it's it's uh, reminds me of Ragnarok because it, like the way that Taika Waititi treats his villains is really similar. They're just like they're doing their own little stuff in uh, their own part of the world that's not intersecting with anything. They have poorly defined, greatly overpowered powers, and they like just do stuff. And then we just cut back to our heroes and then we cut back to the villain doing something and we, until eventually they meet in a poorly defined fight at the end and eventually the good guys win. Uh, it, it's definitely like, you can tell that's not the shit that Taika Waititi cares about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. I will say, kind of counterpoint to that though, at least like with Hela, we saw her like, you know, I know people shit on how little the Warriors 3 screen time gets in <laughs> in Ragnarok, but at least you see her like immediately dispose of those guys, like showing how powerful she is. This, we watch him murder the one God at the beginning of the movie, and then there's no more God murder. Right. Like, then it's creepy babysitter, which is like <laughs> a, a weird decision, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely... Like I, it's it's at the point in his career now where I can't not see Christian Bale, you know. Right. Uh, oh, that's so, true. Yeah. So so uh, I I didn't really enjoy him in this part just because I'm kind of tired of Christian Bale's whole shtick. But you know, I I don't think he does a particularly bad job. I just think I've been overexposed to Christian Bale. 
You know who I do think does a particularly bad job in this movie? And this who? is counter to most of the internet? Fucking Natalie Portman. Does, does the internet think that she did a good job? Yes. Interesting. I thought she was horrible. I'm, see, I, I'm, I'm really torn about this one because like, I don't know if Natalie Portman has any comedy chops from anything. That's uh, my opinion. I don't think she can. I don't think it's necessarily bad acting. Like, I just don't know that she can do comedy. Right. And, and I, I mean, mean like, she's kind of like Tobey Maguire in that. So you can give her a good joke. She just doesn't really know how to land it. <laughs> Uh, like I, I know that's like part of her character is that she's supposed to be like she's trying to figure it out. She doesn't really have her catchphrases down. She's just like you know she's like awkward trying to figure it out, trying to like a new person to this whole thing. But I can't tell how much of that is like designed in character and how much of it is it's a goofy Taika Waititi movie and she's trying to act like it's a real movie. Right. Yeah. I mean, I um, I thought she was better in this than she's been in any other geek movie she's been in. Hmm. I don't know if that necessarily is a wholehearted endorsement, but you know, I don't know. She, she just seems to have trouble functioning in that space. Yeah. I mean, that point brings me to the only thing I really have enjoyed about this movie, which is the Taco Waititi forgot Natalie Portman was in star Wars bit. That is pretty right. funny. <laughs> it's Unrelated. I just really love that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I mean, so I think one of my central issues really comes back to the the just Thor not knowing who he is bit, because I think there's a really clear direction this movie could have taken, which is that at the end of Ragnarok, Thor doesn't want to be king or, you know, at the end of Endgame, Thor doesn't want to be king. And that his whole progression in in Infinity War, Ragnarok, Infinity War and Endgame is that, you know, he doesn't know who he wants to be. And I think this movie is very clear. Thor shouldn't be king. Thor should be a god. That's what he should be. He should be this like grandiose protector of man type of thing. And it's a good foil because your villain is the God butcher. But no, what we got was sad boyfriend Thor still confused about who he should be. And I just feel like there was a really clear line in our character development that we just just did not choose to do at all. And I mean, yeah, sure. Maybe it's biased, but to me, it's better. That that is a solid point. Like if if we would have started this movie and that's what he settled on, he settled on I am a god and I'm going to do godly things. And then he's presented with a villain who hates him specifically for that. That probably would have had a little more weight to it. And um, point, I, I do feel like there are three different plots that go on for for Thor as far as like initially I don't know like what my whole deal is to. Oh, Jane, I'm rekindling this romance. I'm trying to figure out where this fits in my life in four or three. How did I skip to four? One, two, four. That's not how accounting works. Four for Thor. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, the uh, At the very end, like, there's, there's just like two lines or two points in this movie. Somebody says at some point in the middle of the movie, I think Thor would make a great dad. And then at the end, he's a dad. <laughs> yeah, that's totally random. Um, Nothing about the character of Thor sounds like a good dad. No, not at all. <laughs> so do, do you guys think there was any point in having the the uh, Guardians in here, except that's where we left Thor? No, no, no. point whatsoever. Okay. I think he had to do it because that's where we left him at the end of the movie, but there's no point for them to be there. And man, uh, Chris Pratt has taken this not being uh, America's favorite Chris hard. He looked <laughs> rough in this. He looked tired. Yeah, Ian texted me and he was like, why did uh, Chris Pratt go full dad bod for this movie? Right, right. <laughs> like, whereas I was 
super into Russell Crowe's proud little guy. Yes. Like uh, Chris Pratt's kind of depressed me. Yeah, I mean, I read somewhere that the original intent was that they would come back at the end mm-hmm. and then they decided to scrap that. And if that's the case, then you could have scrapped the beginning. You could have just made some line of dialogue with Thor being like, I traveled with the Guardians for a while and then I left them to search out peace and meditation. And boom, we've met, we've moved past it. Because God, how much of this movie's plot is just a line of dialogue about something that happens off screen? Sure. Fuck, we don't even see Jane become Mighty Thor. We just get like the little tease at the beginning and then all of a sudden she's been Thor for a, for a while. Right. And Valkyrie's like, oh, you're going to like the new guy or something. You know, like we don't even know how much time has passed in that period. Right. Right. And th- that is somebody who's underutilized in this movie. Tessa Thompson is very good. <laughs> I she think, is. I think she's very funny, and, and particularly her and Chris Hemsworth have like a great repartee sort of thing. Uh, not, not that it's not in the movie, but I would like. I was like, that could be the whole movie. We don't need Natalie Portman in this, right, bro? They tried to relaunch Men in Black because of how good their comedic chops are together. Yeah, that's good. That's <laughs> a great point. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I mean, I again, I like this movie a lot, but the one like huge plot problem I had was he leaves the guardians and then immediately starts trying to put together a team. Yes. You know, (laughs) like, like maybe he should have just got those guys to come with him. Yeah. I, uh, can Mjolnir now have the power of the Bifrost? Cause that was not a plot point we established earlier in the movie, but all of a sudden Jane Foster shook fucking shows up at the end. Right. (laughs) She just flew real fast. It's fine. So, Okay. My friend Zach actually came up with a pretty great way to describe all the plot holes in this movie. And that is that we're not actually watching the events that happened. We're watching a story that Korg tells. Yeah. Yeah. And Korg may not be reliable. It's essentially Rashomon, but with just one guy. Yeah. I've heard this similar thing. And listen, I think that's fair, but I also think it's like an easy out. Right. It's like people who are mad about Multiverse of Madness who are like, well, that wasn't our Wanda and our Doctor Strange. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, that 100%, that's just like nerds' favorite way to uh, uh, justify things to themselves. Yeah, I also thought Korg was overused in this movie. Um, I, yeah, 100%. I thought him being killed by Zeus was a pretty good way to go. <laughs> and uh, then it's just a talking head and not the kind of talking heads I like. A bad talking head. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't good for me. Yeah, in general, we saw a whole lot of deaths that didn't stick. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Which I guess is very comic booky, but right. Yeah, uh, but they I, like didn't stick immediately. No, I lay out like instantly. <laughs> uh, I was I so you know I was I was doing my usual thing of reading the IMDb trivia before we did this, and most of them are not interesting. Uh, my favorite one is apparently the Zeus having a Greek accent was Russell Crowe's idea. <laughs> and they shot every scene of him both because as Taika Waititi wanted him to do like a British accent. And so they shot one of both for all the scenes of a British and Greek. And uh, Taika Waititi decided in the end that Russell Crowe was right. It was better with the Greek. And I'm fucking thankful because that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was good times. I Go thought ahead, that man. was just going to be a glorified cameo and not as big a part of the plot. So actually, I, I liked that quite a bit that he actually played a part in this story. Yeah, he was funny in it, too. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. he, his bits landed, I thought. Um, and I I loved the fucking after credit scene. I thought that was incredible. 
I mean, God damn, did me and Sarah pop for that shit. <laughs> like, like, cause you know, you, you kind of go through the whole thing showing, well, Hercules is probably going to show up in some form or another and you make it to the end. And then it's that, I mean, I cannot think of better casting for that. I cannot think of something that would have made me more excited about a Thor five than that super on board. <laughs> yeah kate was like immediately she's like roy fucking kent like yeah. as loud as she could in the theater i was like thank god there's only like 10 people in <laughs> we had the exact opposite because I, I also yelled holy fuck with about 13 kids right behind great <laughs> yeah so my well i mean it's just wrong after credits do you, I guys, say, do you want to talk about the other after credits yeah do we think natalie portman's really dead no the only thing that was surprising about that is that we didn't see loki the loki oh I guess one version of how do we yeah. fucking solve that? Is there, there a heaven be, in every multiverse? Like that's the thing. If 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 you die in battle as an Asgardian and go to Valhalla, then Loki is there, even though Loki is still alive, because that Loki just hasn't died yet. So technically, we should have two Lokis. That's a good point. Yeah, it seems yeah. like it would have been easier to get Tom Hiddleston than Idris Elba. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how that guy keeps coming back. Like, I, I can't believe they got him in this movie, and I can't believe they got him in that fucking wig. <laughs> like, yeah, he probably sat in a chair a good time. He didn't even he wig. didn't even look in a mirror. He's like, just whatever, it'll be fine. <laughs> hey. Also, a lot of a lot of uh, excitement, I guess. I, I don't know about Jamie Alexander coming back as Sif, who's in the movie collectively thirty seconds. Yeah. I mean, yeah, again, I, I think there was a way around of letting her sit out the entire movie. I don't know what it would have hurt having her there. I think it would have, I think that would have been a better love triangle than the love triangle between the two hammers. Man, there, there, is, there is no sense of a love triangle anything. I've, Thor does not seem to give one shit about all of his Asgardian mates throughout these movies. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Her, Sif should have been there throughout. I hadn't thought that, but that would have been way more interesting. Like yeah. this woman who's been in love with Thor her whole life versus the girl that Thor is in love with who happens to be dying. That's a way more interesting dynamic. And I right. mean, there, there are fun things you could do with that where like, you know, Natalie Portman's pretty excited to like, you know, she's come back. She's got all these new powers. She's fighting shit, but she's still like, you know, by all these standards, a newbie. And then if Thor and Sif are fighting together, they can like have tactics together, things they've done in the past. And, you know, right. it'll, it, it, I don't know that I can see that being a fun dynamic. I mean, it just is like it's it's I think it's what TD trying to make up, not including her at all. And Ragnarok. And I mean, I don't know, maybe blind spot was the reason for that happening. But she got about as much screen time as the Warriors three. So it's <laughs> obvious he just doesn't give a shit about those characters. Right. Yeah. What I don't know. Like Thor's outfits. I hated them. I fucking really? hated the gold on the suit. I thought it was terrible. The one he wore like in the beginning when he first left the Guardians, that was like all black with fur on top. That shit was sleek. You should have stuck with that one. I'm surprised that didn't that didn't stick because that is the outfit of this particular story. Yeah, that I like the gold one better with the helmet. Once the helmet came off, it was less fun. I mean, I always think that Thor's look kind of looks like Shakespearean costumey right. a little. Uh, but I, I don't know. Like, I think that that's like I don't know how much of that is intentional. You know, because I I feel like there's just an aspect to his appearance that's just corny and like that's part of it yeah know. no totally totally yeah. i think i just think thor looks better without sleeves i think that's my general thing like chris hemsworth agrees with you 
I mean, yeah. definitely he's put a lot of work into it. My God, that dude was more jacked than he's ever been. Yep. So big. Anything else we have on this one? I feel like I had more. Um, you do. I I do, but I can't think of what it is. I do know that I'd say one thing I, I would say that I really like about this and Multiverse of Madness and even Internals to a degree is that, you know, one of the complaints a long time were that the Marvel movies were just cookie cutters. There weren't really a place where directors could express themselves. And, you know, for better or worse, man, they're letting some people go for it. You know, I, I mean, obviously with this one, not everybody was happy. Obviously with Eternals, almost no one was happy. But uh, I, I like that. I like that they're letting directors more do what they want to do with them. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty annoying complaint that people are like, this doesn't seem to fit in with anything else. And you're like, bro, you, you were just complaining six months ago that everything was too much the same. Like, right, right. there's just no making the Internet happy, I think. And and. Certainly, this is a good example of that. That's that's a good life lesson to teach your kids. Right. There's no making the internet happy. So, you know, obviously they set up the Hercules is, I guess, the antagonist for the next one. Is there a storyline in the comics that lines up with this one? I mean, there's a lot of Hercules shows up and challenges Thor, but usually it's more like good natured rivalry. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, I'm assuming this won't take as dark a look as it looked like. I, I, I'm going to say that that after credit scene, though, is probably my second favorite after credit scene after the original. I really fucking loved it. Yeah, I, I love that they went super accurate in the look. Yeah, as ridiculous as it is. And the actor is just the best person to play it. I mean, it's just, you know, hopefully it's not just a tease for the sake of a tease. Hopefully we we get stuff with him. But yeah, it, it was it made up for a lot of the frustration I had for the two hours I sat in the theater. Because going into this, I was really starting to think, man, I'm kind of done with the after credit scene. Let's just stop doing them. They've stopped mattering for quite a while. But uh, this one felt like it mattered. Well, we good. Love and Thunder. Yep. Thor, Love and Thunder. What, what, what was the verdict? I'm saying better than Transformers. I'm saying worse than Transformers. Oh, I'm definitely better than Transformers. I had a blast in this movie. I, you know, I, it's one of the things where I, I can totally get every one of Christian's complaints. I just didn't give a shit about him. I thought it was fun. <laughs> it's a game of expectations. <laughs> All right. Well, that's Thor, Love and Thunder. What, what have we been watching the past? However many weeks it's been, guys. Uh, well, I'm going to follow up with something I've talked about earlier, which is Stranger Things Volume 4, the Last two episodes came out since the last time we talked. Um, and listen, here's my opinion of Stranger Things Volume 4. It's way too long and half the characters don't matter. Uh, however, and spoilers, I'm not going to get into too deep for people who haven't seen it. There's the most barred moment I've ever seen in a TV show ever. And it's set to fucking Master of Puppets. And it's the greatest thing ever put on screen. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like this show has always kind of been like real life D&D. But at that moment, it was just D and D. And Master Puppets is my favorite Metallica song. Um, I have a very, very dorky reason for that being the case. Uh, but it just, it just spoke to me on a different fucking level. And for that, I ignored all the like seven hours I watched of fucking Joyce and Hopper and Mike and Will do absolutely nothing to advance the plot of this show. It gets forgiven for those two minutes of Eddie just fucking slaying Master of Puppets. 
I'll go ahead and go a little here too, because this is what I was going to talk about too. I watched all but the last six minutes of the new Stranger Things. We were we were watching it the night before Sarah went out of town. Somebody came over, so she went to deal with them. I went to sleep, and we never finished the last six minutes. So I'm going to talk about everything but the last six minutes of that show. But I won't do much spoilers. Uh, same exact thing. For a horror show, they need to start killing some fucking people. Absolutely. There are too many fucking people. And the problem is, is the people they should be killing are the ones that they probably won't. Mike and Will are useless. And a matter of fact, you could have taken out the whole fucking pizza van and this story would have been fine. Dude, everything in California has no point. There's no reason for them to be separated from everyone else. There's no, no advancement of plot or character in that entire storyline. I think what's really happened is where the, you know, the the main kids from the first season have gotten older and they're not really that cute anymore. They're just competing with the older set of actors who are just way better. The younger group, the only one of them who's really great is Max. Max is great. Yeah, she's so and, fucking good this season. Uh, 100% steals the show. Um But all the other, like, you could, I mean, of course, you can't kill off Eleven because she's the whole story. But everyone else of the young kids, I could, I could do without. They could, they could kill them all off in a fail swoop. And I think the show would be more interesting for it. And, man, where you know they're not going to kick, kill them, you also know as soon as you meet somebody new, I was like, okay, well, that's who dies this season. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, and that's, that's a, that's a bummer. Like, I don't even feel like I'm spoiling anything by saying that because anyone who's watched this show is going to realize that. I also fucking love the Masters of the Puppet thing. It, it was so ham fisted metal. It was great. Uh, But the main thing I want to talk about on this show is historical inaccuracies. Like Uh, the fact that the military did not have Humvees until 1989, and yet they're fucking driving them in 1986. (laughs) I feel like up until this point, this show has been very good about this stuff. I feel like I can tell you the internet does not agree with you. Okay, the internet has been on this track for years. Well, I would just say it was never like say the wedding singer which it was just everything that happened in the entire decades of the 80s happening at once. There was at least to be tried sort of a progression of what was going on. But the stuff in this was just, I mean, first off, nobody, uh, uh, nobody was wearing a high top fade in 86. Not one yeah. person. Yeah. You know, hip hop was just breaking through to mainstream America. You had Run DMC, the Beastie Boys and LL, and that was like it. Like Kid and Play would not hit for another three years. Lucas's hairdo was bullshit. Second thing I'll have a problem with: high waisted jeans in the eighties weren't like high waisted jeans now. High waisted jeans in the eighties were tight. The whole point was making your ass look good. You pull them up high, it cinches up your ass. Watch any episode of Magnum to see what I'm talking about. <laughs> high waisted jeans that are baggy is something for Gen Z, and that's fine. But it didn't happen then. The only person who got that right was Steve. Uh, no one in 1986, not one person on earth ever said, my dude. My dude is something from right now. You, people said, dude. And if you were a really cool black guy, you maybe said, my man. But nobody said, my dude. That was bullshit. Other than that, I think this was fine. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think her, you and I both like the third season. 
which right. most people did not like. Um, this seems to be more in line with what the general audience wants out of this show, but it's not what I want out of this show. Right. <laughs> um, and it, you know, it's, it is fine. And there are really good moments in it. Um, Vecna is a cool villain. Mm-hmm. I do think will, will, will be back front and center in season five. Uh, most people forget because he has nothing to do. That kid is fucking good in season two. And he's like the, pos- like he- will is basically the villain in season two. He's possessed and he fucking kills it. And right. it's good to see. Hopefully. I mean, you haven't watched the last six minutes, so you don't know what I'm talking about, but there's a big tease that, that will, there's more going on to will than we know. All right. And, on. and I think he'll be back. I think it'll be him, Max and, and 11 are the, are the big three. But Dustin and fucking Lucas and 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 Mike have no business being in this show anymore. One defense I'll have for Dustin is I do enjoy him and Steve's relationship. Sure, I will. Dustin is the one. If they did kill, I would be pissed off. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know. Also, a thing with Will. Uh, you know, all the implications that Will might be gay. No gay teenager would have that haircut. Come on. <laughs> like you know, like what are we even talking about here? And th- I think that was also another another fault of having everybody split off doing all these different things. You've got one gay character who's kind of living out as much as one could live out in the Midwest in 1986. And one who seems to be completely closeted. Wouldn't it have been interesting to get those two people in the same room talking? Yeah. This Uh, brings me back to something else I fucking hated about Ragnarok or love and thunder. Did you guys see the thing where, like, they asked how gay the movie was and Taco Atiti and Allie Portman were like, it's super gay. If I were gay, I'd be really offended if someone said that. 100%. T- Tessa Thompson exists for the last two movies exclusively as queer baiting. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking annoying. It yeah. is. Stop calling shit super gay when Disney keeps you at, like, 0.7% gay. Yeah. And for all the people who want to fucking freak out about Disney trying to force shit down your throat, there's a television show called Bluey where the dad pretends his his two daughters want to pretend that he's pregnant with a baby, and so he gives birth to a baby. It's a fucking fake baby because the daughters want to be the fucking doctor. And Disney found that to be too fucking pro-trans to show that episode of the United States. They fucking cut a dad playing with his kids having a baby because it would offend too many fucking people. This is bullshit. Let's stop pretending shit's super gay. It's not. It's offensive. That is real fucking whack. I didn't know that shit. Gay made me think of this. One other thing I wanted to say about Love and Thunder. You know, we had all five or six of the Guns and Roses show, but almost no one is talking to us that it took us four Thor movies for somebody to realize that Ronnie James Dio's Rainbow in the Dark was <laughs> fucking the perfect song for these movies. It should have played every five minutes in this movie. Yeah, how did Marvel... Look, Joseph, you're going to talk eventually, I promise. But how did Marvel go from so fucking on the nose to putting Iron Man in Iron Man that it <laughs> took us fucking 20 movies till Taco Watini's like, you guys know like 80s hair metal exists, right? For... <laughs> Thor. Right. right. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> all right. I think that really is all I've got on Stranger Things or Love and Thunder. Christian, you got anything else? No, I'm done. Hurt, you got anything else? Well, I, you know, I could mention that I did finish uh, I did finish Attack on Titan. Fuck, I did want to tell, I, one of the things about this, the f- Thor, Love and Thunder, it's very clear that fucking uh, Taika Waititi loves anime because that fucking realm of eternity, whatever, is straight out of Demon Slayer. Anyway, carry on. 
Is Demon Slayer good? I have friends who are trying to get me to watch Demon Slayer. It is good. It's definitely more standard anime than right. uh, uh, Attack on Titan. But, you know, if you like Attack on Titan, you might like it. Carry on. Yeah. I was definitely I really thinking. think I have as much to say on Attack on Titan that you guys haven't already said. But I, I think it's a real good show. I think it took me a little bit to get into it. I'd say the first seven or eight episodes, I was kind of bored by it. But uh, once Aaron gets swallowed, like the first time, I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm hooked. I've got to know what's going on here. Yeah. Um, and I really think it sticks something. You know, I, I've heard this guy was very, um, or I've read this guy was very influenced by American television, Game of Thrones, things like that. And I think it sticks something that Game of Thrones and Lost struggled with, which was taking a character that they made you care about and then turning them heel in the home stretch. I think this lands it way better than maybe anyone else who's tried to do that before. I think that's probably true. But yeah, that's about all I got on that. I But I really enjoy it. Can't wait. How is it? Explain to me how it's coming back again. Is it more of this season? Yeah, there's going to the be. Movies? Uh, no, there's just going to be a whole nother season. <laughs> <laughs> apparently words don't mean anything anymore words that are in the credits of every episode yeah oh and by the way every intro and exit song is fucking great yeah they fucking kick here's my thing i love about it going back to it is like and i don't know if this is intentional or not um but i always felt like especially the first couple seasons like for a show that's largely kind of like a horror show right like the uh, intros are have like this very patriotic, nationalistic, you know, like national anthem y feel right. to them. Yeah, totally. And I always thought that was fucking strange until we get to season four. I was like, oh no, this is fucking cool. <laughs> like you, you set the groundwork here. Right. It is on point. Yeah, it's it's very yeah. And then uh, the the last, especially the the last one, just just digging diving into the heavy metal. It's fucking great. Yeah, great stuff. So, Joseph, what have you been watching? So, I finished, uh, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, Barry. It's good. The whole season is very good. Um, I can't remember if I said this the last time, but it reminds me so much of uh, BoJack Horseman. <laughs> because they're like, you know, the central premise kind of, I don't know, the main almost thesis of the show, I feel like for both of them, is like, how much can this person continue to like be bad and you still kind of root for them? Like how many, how many times can you follow somebody who says they're going to change? Who seems like they want to change, but then they don't change uh, and still like be on their side. And that's, I mean, that's uh, super, both of these shows, they both pull it off really well in a way that like, they definitely don't go out of your way, their way to like make you like the characters, but you still kind of root for them anyway. And they're also very similar in that they're both, LA shows four people in LA right. uh, so much. So uh, uh, in, uh, in a weird way that uh, Barry is actually meaner than Bojack Horseman, which I, I, you know, it's not what I would have expected, but it just is. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's really, really good. I think having watched the whole thing, the, the first season is my least favorite. Uh, the third season is my favorite so far. So uh, if, if you're not into Barry, you should. Yeah, I've only watched the first season, so I really need to catch up on this. Oh season. yeah, no, it definitely it, it gets better as you go on. <laughs> right on. I mean, I liked the first season fine. Just for some reason, I I didn't keep going. Oh, I see. I didn't like the first season. Rem- I mean, and like the whole show still reminds me somewhat of Dexter, but I don't know. There's, I, I don't want to get into the whole thing about it, but. I mean, uh, definitely it, the, I mean, even the first season, it's very much like Dexter, but a little less cartoony. <laughs> I mean, a, a little less cartoony. We'll see. Now I am getting into it. It's too late now. Uh, 
you know, whereas in Dexter, the people are stupid because they have to be for the plot to exist. Right, right. Miami Metro is the worst police department in America. Totally. <laughs> Uh, whereas in Barry, the people are stupid because they are uh, just outlandishly vain, uh, right. self-interested people that are right. caricatures of people that s- some of the writers it- in this show really hated when they first moved to L.A. Right. <laughs> and that's what allows the plot to exist. Right. Anyway, so yeah, Barry better than Transformers uh, as, as a fun exercise. So as you guys know, I watch a shit ton of anime. Probably maybe maximum 60% makes it onto this podcast. And uh, I've recently finished the entirety of three trashy animes that I probably otherwise wouldn't talk about. And so I'm going to give you guys the option to select one of them and I will talk about it. <laughs> uh, so your option, just based on title alone, that's all you get. Okay. Your, op- your options are A, Rent a Girlfriend, B, Scum's Wish, or three, A Couple of Cuckoos. Definitely whatever their one is secretly Scum's Wish. Scum's Wish, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'll go with Scum's Wish too. I, all of them are it? pretty provocative. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely is code for the word cum. Somehow, I don't know what the end point is, but definitely it's sexual. Well, you're not fucking wrong. <laughs> so this is this is one that I was, uh, it's both qualitatively probably the best of the three and also the most difficult to defend. So we're just going to power through it. Uh, the basic premise is it's two high school teenagers, uh, a boy and a girl who are in love with their teachers. Uh, they both communicate with each other that they're in love with their teachers, uh, but obviously that can't happen. And so they have a fake relationship with each other to console their sorrows. And actually, weird... that is it's weird. Yeah, sure. Well, I'll keep going. <laughs> um <laughs> I mean, I like anime, but that is seems uncomfortable, Joseph. Why did you keep watching it? Well, <laughs> uh, I mean, so the, the, kind of the the through thread in all three of these is kind of the, the main gist is how much of a fake relationship can be fake? Like, how long can you be in a fake relationship before there are real parts of the relationship? And, uh, you know, in this particular show, kind of. I don't know. One of the things that makes it interesting is the the main couple, uh, because they kind of start this relationship on a very honest ground and there are very little expectations. They end up forming this kind of like emotional intimacy that they probably wouldn't have otherwise if they had like, you know, had crushes on each other and been like they, they're not putting up walls. There's no kind of like uh, uh, facade or anything, um, which is interesting. And, I, and like the whole show does a pretty good job of like I don't know. They feel like real high schoolers. They feel like they're trying to figure it out. They're trying to figure out how like all of their relationships like feel to them, like which ones are romantic, which ones are not. And like trying on different identities and all that kind of stuff. I think it does it really well. I think the characters are super like solid and well-developed and there's like actually good development over the course of it. Uh, obviously there's a butt coming. Uh, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> the, the butt here is, you know, for an industry that makes its money selling mostly naked figurines of cartoon girls, mm-hmm. uh, anime is actually pretty historically prudish about actual sex. Right. Uh, not e- generally not even something that's acknowledged. Not in this fucking show. <laughs> uh, there is there is a lot of teenagers having sex in this show. 
it would still rate as PG-13 as far as like, you know, showing you stuff, but they definitely want you to know these kids are fucking. Uh, I, I imagine it's what Euphoria is like, but without the drugs, but I've never fucking seen Euphoria. <laughs> right. Uh, look, I think you just get to a certain age where it would be creepy to watch Euphoria. <laughs> well, and that's I, what, like, because Sarah really likes Euphoria and she wants me to watch it with her, but I'm like, I, I think I'm too old to watch that. I think if I watch <laughs> that, I, I, I get on a fucking list. Well, I might be on a fucking list for watching this show. Right. Uh, it is, and that's the tough bit. Like, I got to the final episode, and, you know, if it was, like, if it was better than Transformers, but just by a little bit, I totally would have swept it under the rug and never talked to anyone about it again because it's just not <laughs> worth it. But it's fucking really good. Like, it's got, it's a really good character study, but there's just a lot of fucking uh and that's just it's just part of it <laughs> i don't know what to tell you my favorite thing about all that was we've said a lot of stuff on this podcast i know i've told multiple stories that i thought would be funny that we've actually had to cut because they were depressing yep uh, but when, when jones said why did you keep watching it was the first time i've ever heard genuine concern on this <laughs> I need, I do, I should backtrack because I did watch Beastars, which is about a wolf and a bunny fucking, and she's like a super whore. So, like, you know, and they're, they're teenagers too. So, I, I suppose I have no room to judge. There you go. Uh, anyway, this show is actually substantially better than Transformers. It's really good, but also pretty hard to, to justify. So, you know, do with that what you will. Scum's Wish, it's on Amazon Prime. God, the name just kills me. Oh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> oh, man. We don't have a plan for next week. I mean, no. I assumed we were going to do Gray Man. I mean, that's fine with me. It's, it's kind of leaning into the Marvel thing. I hear it's awful, so I'm pretty excited about it. Oh, really? That's yeah. too bad. Uh, I mean, the only other thing, I guess it depends what day we're recording, is we haven't done news in a while, and this week is fucking coming. We haven't done news in a long time. Maybe let's do news. Sounds good, fellas. All righty. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, please rate, subscribe, tell your friends about the podcast. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us and tell us your feelings about Thor, tell us whether you think this is better or worse than Thor Ragnarok, because I would say it's the same. Uh, <laughs> you can reach us at realphoniesgmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Real Phonies and on Instagram at Real, under, Real underscore Phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for art and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Later.